Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Did you see that what happened in one championship? Nope. So Shinya Aoki was supposed to be fighting uh, Sage North Cup. Yeah. And which, by the way, Shinya Aoki's 40, yeah, which is nuts. Old. Oh, I remember when he was like the young grappler. <laughs> like That's how long we've been watching this. That's a problem. Uh, yeah, it really, really is. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they were supposed to fight. Well, right before... Um, and by right before, I mean, they're the main event. The card is going on and Uriah Faber and a couple or one of his other coaches got removed and deported because they didn't have the appropriate visa paperwork to be working there. Oh shit. And so, yeah. So an hour before the fight, John Lineker had been sitting in the, uh, in the stands, he'd like wait in the day before just as an alternate. Uh, hey, John, you want to fight? Bro. And so an hour before this dude, like, uh, yeah, sure. And him and Shinya Aoki fight. That's insane. That doesn't that's make like, any sense. That's some true, like old school MMA shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> shit that I wouldn't do. God, yeah. But insane. Pull, pull a man out of the crowd for the main event of your card. And it's not like he's some scrub. Like, John Lineker's one of their... He was a former title holder. He's, like, one of their biggest stars. <laughs> Got deported. I mean, like... I guess you can't... You can't be like, now we'll deport you in two hours. You know, so we need to deport you now. <laughs> but, you know... You know, just with all the money and everything that Chaudhry has the the head of one fc yeah you know they were fighting that for oh, like the last second course. we're just like fuck please please no guys please no <laughs> don't deport the guy yeah That's insane. like how so who won? yeah ashinya okay yeah that's, you know because he was expecting to yeah, fight you know, that, that, that should happen right yeah he wasn't crushing crushing nachos and beer <laughs> watch it for, watching the prelims well also for the event you're like okay i'm not fighting this event right it's like okay i wait in but I'm I'm not fighting. I'm in the audience. That's some WWE shit right there, right? Yeah, you can't fight, so we just pick some guy at the crowd, and you know, yeah. If he would have won, that would have been wild. Yeah, fuck. You know, you know what's not wild? Hmm. This fight night. <sighs> not not wild, I, right? Yeah, don't not, don't don't, not don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do what? Don't do it. Don't, don't do what? Don't be like it's not wild, but this is this is a um, no. tough one. It's a fight night. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fight. That, it's that's and that's what I was gonna say. This is what I love about fight nights, though. This is what mm -hmm. I expect from a fight night, right? Mm -hmm. I expect this where this can be a terrible comparison, but I don't. I don't. If I'm gonna watch like foosball, it's gonna be mm -hmm. NFL foosball. No. I don't really know college you know like I, I optically people might be like oh this is the heisman winner this guy's gonna be really good or this guy's really good in college but he's not gonna be this is what i love about a fight night card is it gets me to be a little bit more exposed to people that aren't in the ufc mm -hmm. but this is a fight night card yeah yeah and, and i because posting on sure dog because that's what to do thriving social life <laughs> um and 
the you always have people like, oh, I only recognize two names. Like, really? So you don't really watch MMA much, but you hang out on message boards? That's strange um, and sad. But the the thing I always tell people or if they're actually people and not bots yeah. that I'm, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, talking sure. to because I got friends. Um, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I swear. I promise, guys. DJ is not paid to hang out with me <laughs> it's like, anymore. Um, so the the thing that I always talk about is there's such a good blend on a card like this where you have prospects where it could be three years from now we're talking about some of these names as being like big time people. You also have people that aren't necessarily ever really going to contend for a title, but it's a fun stylistic matchup. Sure. And then you also have fights of consequence and you get that nice blend where, yeah, not every fight has to be a top 10, you know, but even with that, we have three fights on this main card that are top 15 matchups, which we were talking about back in the day before pay-per-views before they even had like a ranking system pay-per-views used to be headlined by just people that were not in title contention at yeah. all and it was yeah, yeah. So, so like when people are losing their shit over 300 and all this different stuff like hey guys it's not watered down remember we used to get like bisbing matt hamill yeah as, uh, as like a headliner you the, know the pay-per-view complaints i don't get i get people that might watch pay-per-views because i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm balls deep, and I know the whole roster. I don't. I don't know the whole USC roster. When people complain about pay-per-views, I'm always like, well, pay-per-views usually are pretty fucking dope. They're pretty yeah. fucking dope. This fight night, there's some stuff on here that's really dope, but there's also some people in here that are, you know, one fight in the UFC, first fight in the UFC, or, you know, I guess debut is a better <laughs> way to say that. And I get it. Optically, you might not know who the fuck they are, and that's okay. That's okay, but this is what, this is what a fight night is supposed to I guess it's not what it's supposed to be, but what else are you going? When else are you going to have someone make their UFC debut on a pay per view? Yeah. Bo Nichols, like the one that the does that, the exception, right? But <laughs> yeah. did maybe Adesanya was on an undercard of a pay per view when he first started? You know, like mm -hmm. that type of stuff. But not everybody's Adesanya. Not everyone's Bo Nickel. And kind of just looking down at the cards, you're like, okay, there's, you know, am I am I stoked to see Molly McCann fight? I'm 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 excited to see what she's gonna do, but mm -hmm. she's not someone that like I'm like I can't wait for that fight night because Molly's on that card, right? And this is yeah. what this this card looks like. But some of the matchups I am excited to see, yeah. you know, like we'll we'll get yeah. into them, but like I am excited to see Roma Delize. Um I am excited to see Drew Dober versus Morcon. You know, I'm excited to see those things. But this feels like a yeah. fight night card and next fight night card feels the same. Yeah, I just want to say, remember Jamal Hill, who is the champ. I think Dude, I don't know. I have not, no not the champ. Clue. Yeah, had a belt, didn't lose it, but is no longer the champ. I don't know. However, his UFC debut fight night, yeah, the, yeah undercard of a fight night, yeah. like you know, and it feels a little different when because now we have that distinction of apex fight nights versus roadshow fight yep. nights, and you know that. So there's definitely they load up the roadshows yep. a, a little more. But this card to me actually feels more like that, like a roadshow type fight night than say like next week is a 100% apex fight night. Yeah, and this one feels a little more apexy to me, except for mm -hmm. some of the, like, except for the, you know, 
the main some of the main card fights. Yeah, and then yeah. and then we've we've ta- I mean we'll 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 get into the fight in a second, guys. But even then, Natalia Silva, you know, like we've talked about her for enough that it's like <laughs> there's clear excitement for her to be on this free card. Like that's fun yeah. that we get to watch her for free this week. That's awesome, right? Yes, and like her breaking into the top ten for free, which is awesome. Well, I mean, um, that's a bold statement, man. Oh, what? she's already number matching. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, First gotcha, fight gotcha. in the top yeah, yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, like, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So some of the people that you might not know about, and that's part of the reason y'all listen to the show, you Absolutely. know, we're going to do some deep, deep cuts, you know, point out some people that you might not know. And one of those Thomas Peterson, uh, heavyweight. And it was kind of funny at the, when he was on the contender series, the announcer accidentally, uh, introduced him as Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and he had like a really good uh, line afterwards when they were like, you know, were you hurt by that? He's like, no, man, everyone, everyone has a bad day at the office. Like, yeah. it's, it's all good. And he messes up, too. And I won. So it's like it's worse. <laughs> yeah, if, like yeah. I'm Thomas yeah. Jefferson and I lose. It's like, dude, I think you're pretty much a scrub, dude. Yeah. I, don't yeah. care, dude. I, I think you're an old racist and you got your ass kicked. <laughs> like, oh, that sucks. Um, but, yeah. Thomas Peterson. Take. Contender Series alum also taking on another Contender Series alum in Jamal Pogues. Uh, but Peterson has some some legitimate potential. Yeah. Like he is somebody who, like we see with a lot of heavyweights when they get into the UFC, at least heavyweights that have potential, doesn't have a ton of fights. Because yeah. when you're that big and that skilled, people don't want to fight you. right? And he has fought UFC competition outside of the UFC. His one loss is actually to Salsa Boy, yes. uh, Cortez Acosta. Uh, and he's talked openly about like wanting to get that one back, uh, lost by a third round stoppage. But here is a guy who won nine fights and's never gone the distance. Yeah. So heavyweight. Awesome. Yeah, yeah heavyweight. Exactly. And, and he's kind of like a throwback heavyweight. Almost reminds me of like Cole Conrad, like some of those older wrestling based guys he's uh two-time state wrestling champion uh in a midwest state so you know it's legit uh minnesota minnesota okay minnesota yeah um but he's just wrestling gonna take you down gonna be grounded pound and we've all seen like the higher up in weight class you go the more the grappling really matters the more you can kind of be a one trick pony so to speak with grappling and get further and so looking at peterson fight right now does he have the skills to be a top 10 guy absolutely not but you look at a guy like this who when push comes to shove is going to be able to take down most of his opponents especially outside of the top 15 correct and so he can use that as his yeah, we can mess around on the feet a little bit and then, oh, I get hit. Nope, not doing it. I'm going to take you down. And we, you know, we joke about it all the time, but like when heavyweights start grappling, it gets sloppy quick. <sighs> Whereas if you're, if you're a heavyweight that has grappling stamina, you have a major leg up on the competition. And that's something where, you know, Peterson by no means is, is that guy right now. But I think that there's, this is somebody that we could two years from now, you know, he's a top 15 fighter. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember him making the debut. Well, also, like with Jamal, it seems Jamal has the better stand-up. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is now this is where we talk about the heavyweight fights, where if Peterson is taking you down and you're just tired, then 
the sloppiness is going to be on Jamal's part, right? Where we're going to start seeing that mm-hmm. winging, those winging punches. Just hope, and he can do it. They're heavyweights. This is what's for how ugly a heavyweight fight can be in terms of like not ugly, like oh they were ugly. It's like that was yeah. a bad fight to watch. <laughs> yeah, this seems like a fight tailor made for someone like Peterson, where it's like this guy's has nowhere. He's not going to out grapple you. I mean. Mm-hmm. If he does, there's there's a bigger issue. It'll be for, shocking, yeah, for yeah. Peterson. So really, you're avoiding some of the heavy, but it's not like Peterson's a slouch. He's a heavyweight too, you know. So yeah. you wear him down if 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 you have him, if you can take him down the first round and tire him out, the second round's a lot easier for you. Oh a yeah, a lot easier. And where it really comes into play is like Pogues has fought at light heavyweight. He can make light heavyweight. Peterson's not making light heavyweight. Like his frame isn't small enough for that. And so that's the other thing you encounter at heavyweight. One, it's the only division where you have these massive weight discrepancies. You could outweigh somebody by 30, 40 pounds in in a fight at heavyweight. So stupid. (laughs) Yeah, so dumb. And then on top of that, you have guys that just don't want to cut weight. Yep. So they fight it. And they know the talent pool is thinner. So, I mean, look at Jake Collier, right? He was a guy who was making middleweight, who was just a, an average UFC middleweight. There was a place for him. Yeah. But turn that into a long career by just being like, fuck it, I'm going to eat whatever I want and fighting at heavyweight because the skills were there to be a UFC fighter at a lower weight class. Yeah, but then now, like, let's throw the extra weight on, and I'm going to, you know, I'll get six, seven more fights in the UFC because of that. Um, And Pogues is kind of that guy. And so, like, if Peterson does what he's supposed to, that's where we're going to see, like, true heavyweight against somebody fighting at heavyweight. Yeah, absolutely. And And you want to go to – go ahead. No, I was was about to talk about our next fight. Yeah, Uh, on the other end of the spectrum where you have – Lower weight class, it's lightweight, so yeah. not you know not not our beloved bantamweights. Yeah. Uh, but you have a guy who is just smooth, and Markel Maderos, um, he's taking on Landon Quinones. Maderos is he's special. He has not fought a lot, and I get why. You watch him fight; he is so slick on the feet. I mean, constant stance switching. He's another guy coming off contender series. Really, really and, nice and boxing. A great, great fight. A great contender series yes. fight. Yeah. I mean, put, put it on him, right? Oh my like, God. yeah. Show, he showcased his talents. Yes. Right. There's, there's certain times on the contender series where it's a back and forth, and you're like, oh, well, both of these guys can fight in the UFC. And then there's other ones where one guy is just that much better yeah. than the other one. Agreed. And it, there, it looks different. And Maderos, you were like watching his movement in the cage. There was a, very big difference. Athleticism-wise, speed, very big difference. And I mean, really, really nice boxing. But oh yeah, he trains out of Factory X. So what does he do? He takes legs. Are we starting <laughs> My to man get, chops people down. Are we starting to get to a point where like, even if there's a fighter you've never seen, if they're from Factory X, we're just having an expectation? Absolutely. Yeah. It's Isn't that crazy yeah. to kind of think that it's like, fact, saying he's from Factory X, you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. well... Let's see what he's got. Then you know it's 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 kind of mm-hmm. cool to see like the confidence we have in a camp. Yeah, and there's an especially with the lower weight class guys because uh, like Anthony Smith is Factory X, but he doesn't have that same style. Yeah. But when you look at the you know Jonathan Martinez, uh, Gutierrez, like when you look at those guys, they have that leg kick heavy game. Yep. And 
Medeiros is no different. And like that's what's really fascinating about that part of it to me. It's almost like the old school, since we're on an old school kick today, like Hammer House, right? Like you know what those guys are going to do. Yep. They're going to take you down. They're going to allegedly use performance enhancers, and they're going to beat the living shit out of yeah. you. And, and so it's what they do. Yeah, it's what they do. And with Factory X, like they're going to have slick striking. They're going to switch stances and they're going to fuck your legs up. And like, I'm excited for it. The just the finish on that uh, fight on contender series. First of all, it was back to back knee finishes on that card. I remember watching that and like, oh, this is an awesome little Tuesday night we got going here. (laughs) This this is sweet. Uh, But yeah, the timing on that, the way that he fell. Um, and just to kind of cap off the performance, because sometimes guys get in there, they're looking smooth, they're switching stances, but it's a whole lot. And it's like, there isn't that spectacular moment. Yeah. Whereas here it was, you know, looking smooth, showcase that part of his game, but it's also like, oh, you're not on my level. Let me get you out of here. And, and, and that's what you hope for, especially because like, I'm not going to say his last name. So Landon, um, no, had a great fight in his last fight against Nazarot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris. Uh, had yep. a great fight, but from what I'm seeing, Landon takes damage in his fights, and Maderos dishes out damage in his fights. So you almost feel like you almost feel like this is almost tailor made again for Maderos to get another TKO, right? To get mm-hmm. to, to showcase his finishing ability, which I'm kind of hoping to see a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, as as am I. I mean, this is doing the research for Maderos, right? Watched a couple fights, took me six minutes. Which is <laughs> always a good thing because I remember when you did research for Colby Covington, it was like, I'm going to watch two of his fights. I'll be here for an hour. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, Covington and Vittori. Vittori is oh, really rough, Vittori, too, because he's yep. always fighting main events. Yep. And he doesn't finish people, and he does not get finished. Yeah. So, so like, you're just watching constant 25-minute fights. Uh, it, it's a a lot. And so, uh, Markel, appreciate yeah. you, brother, yeah. for, and, for making that a little easier. And, and like I said, I, I, I fully believe Markel is going to get mm-hmm. like a TKO stoppage. I, I think it's going to be a stoppage, unlike our flyweight matchup with your boy mm. Max Aza. Is it Aza? Yes, Ozat we'll uh, Maxim. It's a flyweight fight. My man's from Kazakhstan. Right? Yeah, greatest country, <laughs> there, greatest country in the goes. world. So, actually, kind of doing research on this, I kind of see Maxim kind of this being a full fifteen minute fight. Mm-hmm. Man, Johnson, poor Johnson. Johnson just seems to not get. <laughs> it's like I'm if, laughing because you you keep saying Johnson. Yes, I'm a child. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I, <laughs> you know, um. Uh, Let's stay on Moxham real quick. His he beat Tyson Nam, but it wasn't the t- same Tyson Nam that you know. It wasn't like it, I I don't believe it's like Tyson Nam where we're thinking whatever. But th- what what this guy does is Maxim's got that wrestling Kazakhstan mm-hmm. for Johnson. It just seems he's not a bad fighter. It just seems he finds a way to lose. Is that a bad thing to say about somebody? I I just think that there's such everyone is so incredibly talented at flyweight. That's fair. That it's just tough. You know, you look at it. Losses in the UFC, Mokayev, 
We all know what he is now. Yeah. Right? Uh, Then he gets a win against Zuma Gulov and then Jimmy the Brick Flick, right? And that's... Old, old Jimmy just got him one, but then you go yeah, decision but Jimmy, OD, Jimmy Jimmy Flick got it in the second round where yeah. Johnson, you know, Johnson did what he had to do. Let me get you out in the first round because second round might not go my way, yeah. which which shows Johnson is like, I, I need to get you out of here. I'm not going to let it go because mm-hmm. I don't remember Flick's last opponent's name. It was uh, Malcolm X Gordon. Malcolm Gordon. He didn't do that. Right. And yeah. he went to the second round, but I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. And the, I think something that speaks to Johnson's talent too is that <laughs> is that I mean he's got six losses. They are all decisions. Yeah. You know, like he's he's a tough guy to get out of there. And that's what's really interesting with the Maxim fight, because Maxim's kind of he's like the Tyson Nam fight, right? He's eating clean shots from Tyson Nam. Yeah. And we have seen Tyson Nam. Put people to sleep, Correct. which at flyweight is wild. Yep. But we have seen him do it. And Maxim ate clean shots. Yep. So I think this is going to be a, actually a very, very good matchup for Maxim. Not from like, a, oh, I think this is tailor-made for his skill set. I think this is going to be a real challenge, like a, a legitimate challenge for him. Because to get to beat Charles Johnson, your energy is his nickname, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. You, I didn't know that was fucking great. Yeah. You have to be ready to fight for 15 minutes. Yep. And so he just did it against Tyson Nam. But Tyson Nam, I don't mean to be disparaging, but a, a bit of a one trick pony from the standpoint of like he's got skills. But he is a power puncher. He's yeah. got one submission win and 13 knockouts, yeah. you know, so <laughs> a little skewed. Yeah, whereas like Johnson, professional boxer, has some good grappling. Like this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Want to ask you about that comment? Mm-hmm. Good grappling. Does he have good offensive grappling? I see really good defensive grappling. Does Johnson have good offensive grappling? I don't know because I think I, where I think where he's going to benefit is like he does have good defensive grappling. I mean, not. He doesn't have the best. He has good defensive grappling, especially yeah. when you have to. Everyone gets taken down yeah, by Makayev. Yeah, and and <laughs> and honestly, it's flyweights. We talk about this all the time. You have to be so good everywhere. You can't be mm-hmm. the like the one trick pony like you can like in heavyweight. So he has good defensive grappling, which he's going to need against Maxim. But you know, is there any offensive grappling that he's going to need against Maxim? Because that guy's going to bring pressure, man. He's going to. He's going to bring that grappling pressure, and he has good stand-up too. And and now we know he can get cracked and and not get dropped out. It seems like a really tough fight for Johnson. I, I like how you said it, mm-hmm. good matchup, but it seems like, like a little bit more uh, obstacles. I don't want to say danger, but a little bit more obstacles coming toward Johnson than Maxim. That's how it feels. I I would agree. I would also throw it out there that Johnson is that test of he's going to show you he's going to show you who you are. Yeah. That's right. Like if if you don't come correct for 15 minutes, uh, if Johnson doesn't yeah, come correct <laughs> yes, for 15 minutes, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a long night for Maxim. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop being 13. Uh, so but like Seriously, he has to, he's got to mind his P's and Q's because this is that like, hey, great. You made your, you made your debut. 
you fought a tough guy who has a ton of experience in Tyson Nam, but like now you're getting some more threats thrown your way. You you have to be there for all 15. And so I, I'm excited to see that from Maxim because you passed that test. I mean, that was the test that Makayev passed, and then it was like, all right, you're off to the races. Yeah. And so if Maxim passes that, now we are talking about, you know, I mean, he's already 17 and 0. You would have a guy who's 18 and 0, two wins in the UFC. Now you are talking about, let's see, possibly a top 15, a fringe type fight. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't want to say <laughs> not a top 15, but I think fringe is going to be his next. Well, it depends on how he handles Johnson, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose. It wasn't. Um, it really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so we can stop with those jokes. We'll go over to Jung Young Lee uh, taking on Blake Builder. And that one's at featherweight. Jung Young Lee is just interesting to me. He's coming off of the road uh, to the UFC. So the, the tournament that they have over in Asia to get guys into the UFC won their first season. Uh, which coincidentally, the second season finals are also happening this weekend. We're not really going to talk much about those uh, or really at all other than uh, Lee's last opponent uh, in the final last year. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, but he's coming off that show levels to the game. And so he has not fought somebody yet like a Blake builder. Now he has fought the guy that he fought last year, uh, Yeeha, who... Uh, which I want to pronounce it yeehaw. Um, so we'll do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Now he had 25 professional fights and he took Lee the distance. And I actually thought there was a, an argument that Lee lost that fight. Fair. Yeehaw is now fighting in the finals again this year. So he, you know, he's, he is that level of fighter of, of being a UFC caliber fighter. And it took Lee the distance and Lee, arguably lost the fight it was more of a damage versus control sure. kind of situation uh, but he's he he's intriguing because he's a featherweight with a six foot one inch reach stupid which, yeah not normal and then his two fights on the way to the final of road to the ufc a one minute arm bar and a one minute ko yeah. and the arm bar was wild where he like walked off the cage to get the angle uh, and then threw it on there nasty and then he has skills like when you watch his counter to the jab to knock out Kai Lu to get himself a, a spot in the finals. It was just there are tools there. But my man is not a finished product by any means. I, I agree. Like builders, like kind of a scrappy boxer type guy. Mm -hmm. And and like to your kind of point, Lee just feels more technically well-rounded, right? It just feels like he's. He's more of an MMA fighter. Um, and fucking, man, rewatching the builder, Kyle Nelson. I mean, I, I want to make a statement and please disagree with me. Feel like it, but I feel like builder is, was better than Nelson, but Nelson bullied that man. He imposed mm -hmm. his will. He's just aggressive. And I feel like that type of thing that type of hole where you're just getting bullied by someone that I honestly think Builder, I don't think Builder skill set was like, like Nelson's up here and Builder's down here. I think that Nelson just had the better game plan. I think Lee can do that same type of thing against Builder. So it's going to be fun to watch, right? Because one thing about Lee too, 
he can finish fights quick. He can Tempo. finish you. Yeah. Like, yeah, so and, I think yeah. it's going to be a close fight, but uh, I don't know. It feels yeah, like. And like, he can finish him in different ways. Yes. You that, know, like. That's the thing is, like, the levels that you talk about, it feels like Lee's on a different level, but he has to prove it. Yeah. But he, I mean, he, the intriguing thing for me and why I'm so interested in, in this one, and we are highlighting Lee a little more than Builder, but Builder's coming off of was un, undefeated. He had a, uh, no contest, but with undefeated, yep. or sorry, a draw, going into that fight against Kyle Nelson, and then gets bullied. Yeah, what's his mental state? What does he look like now coming back? Because you're undefeated, and from if I'm remembering correctly, Builder's like a bit of a flamboyant guy, you know, entourage, all that kind of stuff. Like if you're that dude, and then you realize you're not that dude. It's, it's, you know, what happens to your confidence? Like, what does that look like? Especially to someone that, that like, I think there would be a difference if, if you fight somebody and they're just, like, they're Anderson Silva to your Rich Franklin type of deal, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. in this era, this person is in the next decade, right? Like, their their skill set's in the next decade. That's not the case, I don't think, with Builder and Kyle Nelson. Like I said, disagree if, if, if you have a... If you disagree, please let me know. But it doesn't feel like builders just like levels, levels, levels below Nelson. But like to your saying, you got bullied by somebody that maybe if you guys fight 10 times, maybe it's 50-50, maybe you get six or four, you know, mm-hmm. on that night he bullied you. The bullying part is that is is where it got me, is where it's getting me questioned like you're questioning is how do you mm-hmm. look after you get bullied, right? Yeah. Yeah, is that the motivator of like, oh, okay, I, I thought I was that dude. And like, I can't just rely on my skills. Yeah. You know, like there's going to be people out there that are just dogs and I, and I have to, to have that. Or is it a, a does it break them? You know what? Yeah. I, I don't know. That, yeah. That's what we're going to find out. And then with Lee, he got hit a lot mm-hmm. in, in the Yi fight. He got, uh, got controlled in the grappling. And so now having for somebody who, his two fights leading up to that had less than two minutes of cage time. Yep. Right now. <laughs> and, and it's, <laughs> and he only has 11 professional fights. Yeah. But now you just spent 15 minutes in there with the most experienced guy that you fought, probably the most talented guy that you fought. You managed to get the dub. Are those, is that the motivator for you now? Yep. Like I, that's what I really want to see with him. If he comes out and gets out grappled and gets pieced up a bit, Hey, you didn't progress. Yeah. But if he comes out there and even if it's stuff a couple takedowns, get up a little quicker, you know, maybe not eat every straight shot down the middle. (laughs) And just some of those things where it's like, okay, you're making those strides. That's what's so intriguing to me about him because he has the athleticism, the finishing ability, the, you know, blood in the water. He's going to go get that finish. Now, as holes are presented within his game, and he developed those skills. And that's that's what's very intriguing about this fight to me. Yeah, I think I actually think this is going to be a close fight. Like I don't think this is going to be a but if like I always I always I don't know why I always like think about things this way, but if if I don't watch this card and you're like the builder lee fight was one round, I'm going to be like okay, my my instincts can be lee lee stopped him, right? So mm-hmm. um and and I'll just go ahead and bring up this next fight. I don't know you have a hard time saying names. So yeah. let me go ahead and try this. Aliashkab? Kizreev? Question mark? <laughs> Kizreev? How do you say it? Aliash? 
How do you say it, man? Aliaska. Ali yeah, my bad for not putting the phonetic <laughs> no, in there. You're good, uh, <laughs> Aliaskov Kizria. So, biggest question. And he's taking on Mahmoud Muradov. You don't have to show off. That was that was, <laughs> that was rude, man. I'm gonna cut this part out. Um, here's here's the big question. It's almost been two years, right? Mm -hmm. Two years is a long time, right? I think what a year and nine months at this point, a year and ten months. It hasn't fought yeah. a long time. Mur God damn it. Muradov. 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 Yeah. Good striker. Has some grappling deficiencies. Kizriev doesn't have striking. I mean, grappling deficiencies. <laughs> I feel yeah. like watching this guy fight, like he's going to maul this dude. I feel like Kizriev is going to maul Muradov. And that's just me eyeball testing being biased as shit right now. It just feels like this is about to be a mauling, man. That yes, I I would tend to agree. Now Muradov, the guy has thirty four professional Insane. fights. He's thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's not and and high level, right? Six in the UFC. Like here, here's a guy who has fought a lot of high level competition. His two losses in the UFC are Kyle Bahalio, Gerald Mearshart, tit in his pants. And he has a win over Brian Barbarino. Like the guy has fought really good fighters up until the Mearshart uh, loss. He was in his pants. Um, he was on a Jesus, like a 13, 14 fight win streak. So here's a guy that has confidence, has been able to put it together. Yeah. Kizriev has 14 fights and he's either mauling somebody in a minute or he's mauling them for the entirety. He is. You would, th I mean, Dagestan, right? We know the dude can grapple. Yeah. Name ends in a V. So, <laughs> yeah, he grapples. Uh, but the, he's not afraid to stand. Mm -mm. You know, you look at his fight with uh, Dennis Tallulan. He was like, cool, man. We're, we're going to stand here and do yeah. the man dance. Yes, like, this, this is going to happen. Uh, and then if he needed to, like, cool, yeah, I'm just going to throw you on the ground and destroy you yeah and i i get worried about the the inactivity yeah because the last fight march of 2022 it's a long time and man. and only had one fight even scheduled in between them yeah because he had you want to hear a crazy stat he got his contract on the same contender series episode as tefan chukwi and phil hawes Jesus Christ. Chukwe has six fights in the UFC. Phil Haas has fought eight times in the UFC, and this is Kizriev's second yeah. fight in the UFC. So that's how inactive he is. But, man, I, I want to see him fight more. I'm very, very excited that we are getting to see him fight. And then watching his contender series fight and his fight against Tallulan, I mean, like, this is a guy that, could be up there with the Ikramala Skarovs of, yeah. of the world. Like very, if he even fought half of the fights that he had scheduled in the UFC, he could be a top 15 guy already. Like he is that type of a skilled fighter. Yeah. And, and to me, what I know we talk about how much he mauls and he just like, you know, he can stop you and all that stuff. I almost mm -hmm. want to see him coming off of almost a two year layoff, like get the 15 minutes in because yeah, you know, this is the guy to do it to. Experienced guy, no joke of competition that he's faced. Um, you know, Muradov is like what three inches taller, four inches taller. Yeah, it, it, it's the guy to do it against. But if he goes in there and mauls, I'm not going to be shocked, man. This guy is 
this guy, we, we're using the word maul for a reason. He mauls, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, almost, like the definition of smash. Yeah. Like that's what this yeah, guy does. Perfect way Sorry. to say it. Smash. Smash. Um, I'm going to smash your boy. <laughs> uh, I, I almost, I, you know, sometimes it's nice to see like a decision fight. I almost mm-hmm. want to see this go the 15 minutes just to kind of be like, okay, if this guy's going to come in here and be active going forward, I just want to know that he's, that he still has that like 15 minute gas tank in him because they're in that division that we're talking about a lot, you know, and it's, it's, it's 185 is no, it's it's really fun outside of the top 15. It's super fun. And if this guy can like kind of smash his way to the, to the top 15, it's another guy we get to talk about in the bubble in middleweight. Oh yeah. 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 That's, I also would like to see a longer fight just to, you know, but also, this, I want to see if Kizriev has has made the adjustment because part of the the success that Tolulin had, and this is Kizriev's his first fight in the UFC, did go into the second round, which bucked the trend of either a minute or you know fifteen minutes. Yeah. But he ate a lot of straight shots. Yeah. The jabs, the straights were getting through, and Muradov will knock people out. You know, he, yes. he'll throw the flying knees up the middle. He, he's got a good jab. And so I want to see, you know, does Kizriev think he can just walk through everybody and so the deficiencies are still there? Or is it a, oh, he ducks under the jab this time and, you know, shoots for the double. Like, I, that's what I want to see is yeah. with all that time off, were you getting better yeah. or were you just not getting fights booked? Like, what's what was that? And if he goes in there and mauls him in the first round, I'm not going to not be excited. But you haven't seen a guy fight for almost two years. We're getting excited about seeing him fight this week. It's like, okay, I kind of, <laughs> I want to, ha- I, I do would like those, I, I would like those questions answered, but not at the expense of like him doing something magical either. Right. So, yeah. But I, I, oh, I, yeah. I, if he goes in and <laughs> yeah, fucks him up in a minute, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. What else is fun is clicking that like and subscribe follow button uh, on your podcast listening service of choice. Uh, as you all see, life happens sometimes yes. and the episodes don't always drop Monday morning. Uh, they vary on Friday nights. Uh, so if you're following, you will be notified when those episodes drop. Also on X at number one BS pod. Uh, so you can get the featured prelim poll as well as fight picks and then we also, uh, for pay-per-views, you'll be getting those live uh, hosts as well. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go straight to the co-main here because uh, there's a another fight on here that I'm actually very very excited about, and I'll hold off on that one. But co-main is one of these ones, and I get both guys are ranked 13 and 15, but I don't think Moikano or Drew Dober's ever fighting for a title. I agree. And maybe if Moicano was younger, but he's what mid thirties now. Like I, I just don't see that run necessarily being in him. Uh, But one of those where it's just, this is great matchmaking. It's just going to be a fun, entertaining fight. Drew Dober does not know how to be boring at all. Not in his DNA. Like that was still fun loss, man. Yeah. (laughs) He is. I'm going to knock you out or you're going to knock me out or we're just going to punch each other for 15 minutes. Like it is. He just brings it nonstop. He's right. going to walk you down and deceptive 
good kicks. You know, he doesn't look just his body structure doesn't look like he would be a good kicker, but he's a phenomenal Muay Thai fighter, throws really nice kicks. What he just did to Ricky Glenn was scary. Yes. Um, and and now, you know, they're talking about Daddy Dober. Uh, he's got got a kid and he's just he has t- openly talked about kind of getting his life back in order at this point. And so, yeah, I, I want to see Drew Dober is going to be one of those people that it, he doesn't have to be ranked. He could be opening up uh, the prelim card. He could be headlining a fight night. I'm going to tune in to watch this guy fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're both, it's fair to say they're both finishers. They're both mm-hmm. like, this is one of those fights where you expect to finish, correct? Yes. The thing is, is if I'm Moicano, I'm not necessarily trying to stand and fight Drew Dober. And I'm not saying Drew Dober has not great grappling, but if mm-hmm. I'm Moicano, I'm going to try to get him down or at least grapple him and get him tired. Here's the, here's the, here's the, yeah, I think. I think Moicano can sub Drew Dober, though. I think he can mm-hmm. sub him, you know? So this is where it's going to be real fun because Drew Dober losing to uh, Frivola, that was intense, right? Like, that was mm-hmm. that was wild. But then, like you said, coming back against Ricky Glenn, it's like, okay, he, he got to shake off that loss. So going yes. into this, he doesn't have that loss. He has that confidence back of a win. Moicano... You know, decision uh, loss against Dos Anjos, five rounds. Yeah. So we know that at least he can make it, correct? Yeah, but also fighting a much larger fighter. Sure. Much, uh, short ta- notice. I'm just talking in, about like, straight cardio, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, at least we know 25 minutes. That means we know you can go 15. You can probably go 15 oh. hard. But then coming against Brad Riddle, uh, Marcano's a dangerous motherfucker. I just don't think mm-hmm. I'm ever going to... I'm not... I'm not going to be like Matt Frivola and be like, I'll test you standing up. I feel like if I'm more Kano, I'm trying to take you down and, and put you in my world. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's interesting with Moicano and he, he had started off at featherweight, yep. uh, you know, moved up to lightweight, took that RDA fight on short notice, weighing 160, right? Like yep. was, was Moicano <laughs> likes to fight. But I think his striking is very underrated. He does not have a knockout on his record. He's got all 10 of his finishes or subs. Eight of those are rear nakeds. Yeah. But what happens is he hurts people. Yeah. They fall down and he takes their neck. And do you think he can I mean, hurt he w- Dober? I think he can. Okay. Perfect. We've seen Dober get dropped, yeah. right? Like it and getting Dober out of there is not easy. I think it's probably easier to strangle him than it is to knock him out. Just quagmire chin. (laughs) Um, But he's the thing about Moicano, the guy's five losses in the UFC. Aldo, T-City, Zombie, Fazeev, RDA. He sucks, man. Like, why is he using the scrubs for? (laughs) Yeah, right. And he stood on the feet with Brad Riddell, yeah. who was Tiger Muay Thai striking coach. Yep. Right? High, high level, and got the better of him on yep. the feet. Correct. And stood with Calvin Cater. Yeah. And got the better of Calvin Cater. Yeah. And and, and really the one time we looked, we saw Calvin Cater really look pedestrian was <laughs> Max Holloway, right? Like, and that was yeah. that was the exception where Max yeah. Holloway looked like he was in the matrix. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, Drew Dober, you know, he lost to Islam. And I mean, come on, 
Like he sucks. Yeah. You know, like he sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's one of those things where, like you said, Drew Dober is always going to be game for like an amazing fight. Mm-hmm. But they're on the main card. They're the co-main. And I have to pick yeah. one because I have to get you to buy me my steak. And it just, <laughs> you know, it like just thinking about it and say, like, okay, how do I anticipate this fight going? I just anticipate like if I'm Moicano, I'm going to try to find a way to get you down. Because I think once that happens, like Moicano is going to be the favorite. If MMA fights started on the ground, this, this conversation is different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, but they don't. This and Drew Dober gets to stand up starting off, right? Yes, yes. And when you look at Moicano's losses, three of those are by knockout. Yeah, right. I mean, Fazeev, yep. yep. You know, Zombie and Aldo all yep. all put him out. Yep. And so there is that, and and that's what's incredibly intriguing about this fight to me is that, like, can Dober's just going to walk forward? Right. We know he's going to do that. So does Moicano make him pay for, for trying to enter? And sure. is it with a jab? Is it trying to change levels yep. to get him down onto the ground? Yeah. Can Dober stay upright? Because if Dober stays upright, that does favor him, yep. regardless of the fact that, you know, Moicano's been able to do what he did against Cater and, and Brad Riddell. But can Moicano eat the shot to get it to the ground too? Yeah. Because Great point. that's the thing is he's been shut off. And we know Dober cracks. Like, is he going to be able? Yes. Is he going to be able to eat that shot to get into range to do it? One thing to look out for orthodox versus southpaw. Yep. Right. So the front leg is there for a single. It's not like Moicano does a ton of like traditional wrestling type stuff. But if he can get hands out there where Dober's hands go up or he gets tagged. Can he just drag down the single? Yeah. I'm I'm very, very interested. And, and in, just to in like this just fight. to clarify, Dober's the South Park, Moicano's the, the Orthodox, yeah. the Orthodox fighter. I, yeah. I think Which this is, opens up Moicano's liver too. And this is yeah, great fucking point. But yes. this is kind of where to circle back to the beginning of this podcast when we're talking about this is a fight night. But this is where the UFC does such a great job. This is a great fight. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a great matchup. And it's gonna be fun. This is going to be the one that, like, let's live in a world where every fight before this is boring. At least you can be like, okay, the co-mate's going to be great, right? This is going to be exciting. Maybe not great if you're a fan of one or the other, but it's going to be exciting. This is a really good matchup. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Like, yes. that, that's the thing. And I think we know more so of what Dober is than we do Moicano. Yep. I mean, it's been a while. Moicano hasn't fought since, what, 2022, November 2022. So it has been a long time. I'm I'm interested to see what he does against Dober because, like, realistically at lightweight, you know, you look at, at who he has fought so far. I mean, RDA, Fazeev, like he's fought some really good guys. I think this is really going to tell us because you drop a fight to Fazeev, you beat Jai Herbert, you beat Alexander Hernandez, who we know is not a slouch. Yep. Then it looks like you're, you're on a good run here, right? Yep. And now all of a sudden you're fighting RDA short notice up, you know, catch weight. You lose that in a decision, but he came out of that fight, his stock going up, even yeah. though he lost to, to Dos Anjos. Cause I think people thought, Oh, that former featherweight on short notice. Yep. 
he's going to get worked. And it didn't, I mean, he got beat up, but it was a, it was a much more competitive fight than I think people anticipated. And then he comes out and just works Brad Riddell. Yep. And sometimes so that's like, what like these vets do to, to other people. Mm-hmm. It's like Dos Anjos always has that in him that you're never surprised when he wins a fight, even if it's like, he's a huge underdog. Cause it's like, man, these vets just have that thing in them, right? They have the experience mixed with that dog in them. So He's yeah, a champion. I, well, he's I, a world champion. Yeah, and and to that <laughs> point, like Morikondo stock did go up because you're like, I mean, yeah, you stuck in there with that guy, right? Someone of that that caliber, even though Dosanjo's not going to be a champion ever again. Yeah. To 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 beat him or to not just get like whooped by him is pretty good. Yeah. And from that fight, a consequence to one that I, other than the main event, I am so excited for this one. Viviani Araujo versus Natalia Silva. If y'all have been listening to the podcast for a while, you, you know our feelings on Natalia Silva. I truly believe she has the potential to be to challenge for a title someday. I'm not yep. saying she's going to win a title, but I truly, truly believe she has that potential. Uh, the kicking game, I mean, she puts people out. She has that personality, kind of the bubbly, fun personality. There's something about her makes you want to watch her fight. Right. And we don't see a ton of Taekwondo-based fighters that have high levels of success in MMA, and she's she's one of the few. Her lead uh, head kick, that lead roundhouse is fast, fast. I yep. mean, she just throws it up there. She, Her movement is something to behold. I mean, she really does a great job of not letting herself get corralled, not letting herself get kind of pinned in against the cage, which is going to matter. Because we're in the apex. Well, and, and also because Araujo is a fast starter, right? Like she's mm-hmm. she she always starts fast. And to Silva's thing is this is a moment for her, man. I, I know she fought Andre uh, Andre Lee, but this is a huge step up in competition. And to your point, if you have people thinking, or I mean, your camp obviously, but if you have people thinking, yeah, she might not hold a title, but she's probably going to be someone that's like she's fighting for her title shot now. You have to pass this type of test. Arujo's way more experienced, but mm-hmm. she has to. She's a fast starter and has to keep it up for three rounds. Ah, man, this is this is fight of consequence. This one, I think, this is even a bigger fight of consequence than the the Drew Dober Morcano fight that we oh, just talked about. Because hundred hundred percent, yeah, I think after Silva, let's say in a world where Silva wins, I mean, look who's above her, bro. Yeah, look who's and there's now. Now you take the number seven spot. Let's just say you take the number seven spot. <laughs> Macy Barber, Jessica Hundraj, Chikugian, F- Fior, Blanchfield, Shevchenko, and Grasso. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and realistically, Andraj should be out of those rankings because she's fighting, she's fighting straw weight yeah, now, right? She's about to fight her, her second straw weight in a row. Who the fuck knows? I, I actually think winner of this fight fights winner of Barber Chikugian. Winner of that would then get the next shot because we have Blanchfield Fior fighting. Yeah, you know, so I, I think there's a nice little four person tournament kind of set up there, especially if your young guns get the wins. Like if we get Macy Barber versus Natalia Silva, Oof. you know, and and the winner of that then gets the the shot. That's great for the UFC. Yeah, you know, and one thing I do want to highlight about Natalia Silva, and I'm going to talk more about her just because love watching her fight, guys. Do you man? Uh, the uh she had so much competition 
going into before she ever got to the UFC that she's inexperienced from a UFC sense. She has four fights, but I mean, you look at, she started her career one and two. She was one and two in 2015. So she was 18 years old, one and two. You better believe having that kind of experience facing that kind of adversity early on in your career is going to help you. Oh, yeah. And then you're six, four, and one, and you take on Marina Rodriguez Jesus. on the regional scene. Jesus. Right? Like that is impressive, impressive competition. And then you look at what once she got in the UFC, she made her debut against uh, Jazz Davisius. Yep. And we saw what Jazz Davisius is. Oh, yeah. We saw it, right? She is a legitimate, doesn't have the power, but legitimately one of the 15 mean, best though. in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. She's mean, bro. She's me. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And she is one of the best fighters in the world at yeah. that weight class. And Natalia Silva made kind of made her name, her mm-hmm. debut off of her. She then goes on to knock out Teresa Bleda, who was supposed to be kind of the next thing coming off contender series Some spinning shit yes yep. victoria leonardo andrea lee yeah she's passing each oh, yeah. test on the way up and what's actually really crazy and, and natalia silva brought this up last time fior fought natalia silva was supposed to fight victoria leonardo back in january of 2021 to make her ufc debut french method pulls out of the fight and then Manon Fior makes her debut mm. against Leonardo. Boom, off to the races. Now she's fighting basically for a title shot against Blanchfield. And it's just crazy to think how, like, Fior might not be, she would be in the UFC by now. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if Natalia Silva doesn't, doesn't pull out of that fight, who knows? Fior, yeah, yeah, Fior might not be a title contender right now. And so just crazy to think how that happens. And it makes me happy for Silva that that wasn't the missed opportunity and it never Oh, happened yeah. Yeah, that she's still in this you know? point. But, but yeah. because you talked about Silva, one of the things I'm real interested with, like, Araujo, is her losses are against killers. Those usually make you better because you fought mm-hmm. them, right? So that's where... You know, when, when I said more experienced, of course, Silva has more fights, but Arujo mm-hmm. has more competition in front of her. And, I mean, yeah, she lost to Amanda Hibas. Okay. She lost to Alexa Grasso. Oh, okay. She, she lost to Chukagian. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, so So the, the thing that's going to be fun to see is if Arujo learned, if, if she leveled up on each of those losses, then she should be able to take this fight from Silva. The problem mm-hmm. is sometimes someone's just better. And that's what it's been feeling like with Silva. If you guys have listened to the podcast, it's sometimes you just have a feeling about a fighter and Silva's that fighter that we have a feeling about. Now here's her moment. Here's her mm-hmm. moment, right? But it, there, there's not going to be shock coming from us too. If Silva has her hand raised at the end of, Saturday night. There's just not any shock. It's it's this is a great matchup, but it also feels like like to your point, she didn't miss her opportunity. She didn't lose an opportunity, but it also feels like we're about to see her get to that that next level. It's just what it feels like, man. It's just what it feels I, like. I hope so. Yeah. But we've seen one hundred Mike Malott. 
that's why Ask but Gabrielle Bonfim. But that's we, why we've this is, seen it lately. Yeah, this is what. But those two people also fought people that were way more like Malat lost to Neil Magny. Aruj mm-hmm. is not in Mil, Neil Magny's situation where he has a million fights and he's the yeah. he's the um like the prospect killer, right? Yeah. Like, like so so Gabrielle Bonfim fought a guy that was what thirty eight, thirty nine or something who yeah, just that, like he has that next level. If Silva can do it. How fun. I mean, this division's already... We mm-hmm. talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, the women's flyweight division. It's... it's Yeah. It's Best a, in WMMA. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, man, yeah. So, really, really pulling for Silva. But if Arujo wins and you're like, okay, you know, maybe her level up is by facing the best in the, in the division and losing and, and learning her lessons. We'll see. Yeah, because she passed the top 15 gatekeeper test. Yep. With KGB Lee. Yep. They now both now you have a top five gatekeeper yep. test. Because realistically, like Arujo, you look at three of her four losses in the UFC. Jessica I fought for a title. Caitlin Chukagian fought for the title. Alexa Grasso, champion. So that's who she's losing to. Pretty good people right? to lose to. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then her la- let's not forget her most recent fight. She beat Jennifer Maya, who yep. also fought for the title. Yep. And and just absolutely walked her down. I mean, just constant, constant pressure. Absolutely controlled that fight. And that's a very good win for her coming off of, you know, losing to Grasso, losing to Hebus, lost three of her last four. Yeah. And then she comes back with that. Super impressive. I want to see what it looks like in the smaller cage. Yeah. Because of what's going to win out. Because Arujo's pressure, you want to crowd the kicker, which Taekwondo, like that's Silva's game. It's predicated off the kicks. Correct. Is Silva's footwork going to be enough? Is it going to be good enough to get away from Arujo in the smaller cage? I mean, and can hope so. Can Silva not get bullied? Can she make Arujo pay every time she tries to close the distance? And Silva does a good job of kick, kick, you know, throw the straight. She does a very good job of that when people try to close the distance. But she has not fought somebody of of Arujo's caliber. Correct. And and so that's going to be the very interesting thing. You know, we we talked about it with Kyle Nelson and Blake Builder, where Nelson bullied him. Like, is Natalia Silva going to get bullied here by Arujo, or is she going to show, no, I am that, I am the new breed, I am with Manon Fior, I am with Aaron Blanchfield, like, this is a high-consequence, super exciting fight, who... Because then we get to see those matchups, then we get to see those matchups, but... To, to the thing is Arujo has those high level losses, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it might not look good on your record, but when you really think about who you're losing to, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not losing to the worst of the division. I'm losing to the best of the division. I might not be able to break through, but if Arujo's place is you, you don't belong in the top 10 without beating me. Well, that's something to say too. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's there at this moment, Silva beats her, and then maybe somebody else does. Then she might be that that Neil Magny. Yeah, you know. she's thirty seven. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's up there in age, which Correct. especially women's MMA, yes. uh, and and not just women's MMA, but lower weight classes, like all of those things factoring in. Correct. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Where yeah. you know, I I hope it's a good version of Arujo. I, I hope we see the best version of her because that's going to tell us the most. One hundred percent. 
And then let's go ahead and talk about this bullshit ass main event. God, this shit sucks so bad. Man, like, I don't always, before we even talk about it, we talk so much about how good middleweight is. It just is. Mm -hmm. Middleweight's just good. Like, I'm almost excited about almost any middleweight matchup like I am with with Bantamweight. Mm -hmm. This fight is fucking insane. Right? Like, they both... This is, I don't know how to word this. It's in my note. I'm just going to word it. Both have the style to beat each other. And I don't really mm-hmm. know how to explain it other than like, you know, Delize has the style to beat Imovov, but vice versa. This is a fucking yeah. banger. It is a very interesting match. Ah, fuck that interesting bull. This there. is a banger, bro. <laughs> this is a banger. Like, like oh, man. It's Imovov is going to jab and lay kick the shit out of the leads, eh? He's going to do... I would, go ahead. I think so. Uh, you don't just, think so? I said, I would think oh, so. Oh, I thought you said yeah. you don't think so. I was like, you crazy. But but Delize has a great guard and sweets. He just doesn't really shoot for takedowns very often. Yeah. Oh, man, this, this fight... It's going to be interesting to see the winner of this fight, what happens to them, you know, mm-hmm. going forward. Delize is just really interesting to me because I have this image in my head of him just... You know, explosive, big, you know, hooks, knees, like those, you know, just knocking people out. But early in his career, when he was at 205, he would maul people with the wrestling. Yeah. I mean, you know, he would a lot of takedowns. It blows my mind that he makes 185 because he looked yoked at 205. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's wild that he makes 185. But the, then his style kind of evolved. And then I had totally, totally forgot about the finishing sequence that he had uh, against Jack Hermanson where he first of all hit the sweep earlier in the fight but then he <laughs> goes for the arm bar yeah. doesn't get it switches to a reverse triangle doesn't get it gets into the calf slicer rolls him over while still holding the calf slicer so Hermanson's face down calf slicer in place and is just wailing away ground and pound from the back. I mean, just an insane. Like if you told me Paul Craig did that, you know, or Chase Hooper, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Of yeah, he, of no, I get that. it. <laughs> but for some reason, Roman Delize, like I don't think of him as that type of fighter. Maybe it's the way he looks. You I know, I don't know. I think it's the way And he also looks, the man. highlight reel, you, yeah. you know, because he does have some crazy highlights. Uh just brutalizing like Phil Hawes and Kyle Dawkins, but the to see that it's like oh shit! Like if Imovov, and then you look on the other side and like Imovov isn't really a grappler. You know he's more of like this nice kickboxer style. But then oh yeah, in his last fight after kind of tiring out against Strickland, he was like yeah cool. Hey Chris Curtis, I'm going to take you down. Yeah, and, oh. and grappled him and looked very good doing it. So these are two guys that I think we have this image in our head of what they are. At least I do. And it's like, oh no, they do have this well-rounded game. Well, talk about talk about the Vittori fight because it's not it's not a downplay on your skill set to lose the Vittori test, right? Mm-hmm. But for how good Delize seems, he couldn't pass a Vittori test. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like him beating Phil Hawes, I mean, we we kind of talked about Phil Hawes. Yes. It's like, ah, whatever. The Jack Hermanson. 
I mean, you don't got to say, yeah, whatever. That's a grown well, man. Well, it's, it's not even that, but it's like we we talked about Phil Hawes' chin and then it proved yeah. it again, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, sometimes you notice yeah. the weaknesses of a fighter. Mm-hmm. But when you're fighting Vittori, you don't, you don't expect him to beat Vittori, right? I don't expect him to be at the level to beat Vittori yet. So it's it's mm-hmm. the reason why one of the reasons why I was like it's going to be interesting to see what happens after these one of these people wins. Let's say it's not a draw, no contest. One of these people wins is we saw Delizze not pass the Vittori test. We saw mm-hmm. um, Imavov not pass the Strickland test. Right as far as that yep. goes, I mean the no contest with Chris Carter, whatever. We saw them at that what we call the next level fighter not pass it. Mm-hmm. There is going to be something optically on this fight that I'm going to see. Does one of them look like they're leveling up? Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. I. Yes. I think it's a like both of those tests that those guys failed. Pretty tough tests. You know? but, and, but that's why you don't blame them, but they have to yeah. face that level again. Do we yeah, believe that I, they can do it? I think the... I think Delize losing to Vittori is more damning than Imavov losing to Strickland. Okay. And one of... Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. no. I was going to ask a question. You might explain it in your explanation. The reason I'm saying that is re-watching Imavov and Strickland. Imavov hit Strickland a, a pretty good amount. Sure. He lost actually in the grappling exchanges the most control time it's the most control time that sean strickland has had in a fight since uriah hall when strickland grappled uriah hall and so one that tells you i mean izzy couldn't get strickland to to grapple him right like you know so that tells you what strickland was feeling from those shots with imavov plus that fight was contested at light heavyweight because Imavov was supposed to be fighting, um, what was it, Kelvin Gaslam. And oh, okay. Gaslam couldn't fight. Strickland steps in, uh, and it was at light heavyweight. And there was a huge weight discrepancy. Strickland actually weighed in 204. Imavov weighed in 194. Imavov walks around, he, he says, at, at like 200 pounds. And so... That right there wouldn't have mattered as much if there wasn't the amount of grappling that occurred. And it's not necessarily on the ground type grappling, but Strickland, I mean, just leaned on him on the cage a lot. That coupled with Strickland's little teep kicks, like you saw Imavov start to tire out in that fight. And I don't know. I think there's two factors that really played in it. One, the weight difference. That matters. Yeah, it really sure. matters in a situation like that. But also, fucking Sean Strickland, like, that's a champion. Absolutely. And I know we've said Vittori with the right matchup could be champion. But like Strickland, we can see Strickland beating everybody in the division. Now that Poetan's gone, yeah. I would say there isn't a matchup with Strickland where I'd be like, oh, I don't think he can win that. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. Whereas Vittori, like there's people we know he will not beat. Yeah, and, and so that's why that to me was a little less damning than the lead they lost to Vittori. Fair. Do you think Imavov has any 
concerning cardio issues. I, that's what I really want to find out. Me too. That's that. that yeah. I, I didn't know. That's why I was like, all right, let's just see what yes. your, uh, it, you know, kind of explanation of it is. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to be like, dude has cardio issues. But watching some of the fights leading up to this podcast, I'm like, I don't know if if. I can't say that he doesn't have cardio issues. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't say that. Yeah. So I think this is a kind of like with the Natalia Silva Arujo, this is a level up fight because after this, you're going to have to pass some tests again. And both of these guys, both of these guys, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, this is a hard one. This is a hard one to kind of like think through and pick, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. you have, I mean, like Delize faded against Vittori too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Delize does fade. That was a 15 minute fight. Yeah. yeah. And he's been scheduled for five rounds twice, yeah. but he's never been out of a third round. Correct. Imovov, we at least know he went 25 against a, a bigger Sean Strickland. Yeah. And that's Sean Strickland's pace, right? Correct. And, and Strickland looked a little tired at the end of that fight. Granted, he's carrying around more weight. So sure. it makes sense that he's a little, a little more tired. But the, we know Imovov can make it. Yeah. So and I'm interested to see that too. Yeah. Like, does Delize being the bigger guy, is he going to hang on Imovov? Is he going to use some of that grappling that he showed earlier in his career and try to tire Imovov out? Because when Imovov's at distance, it's pretty. I mean, the he throws really nice kicks. He has an absolute piston yeah. of a right hand. When he was throwing that against uh, Chris Curtis, it was so incredibly fast. I mean, his hands are are a thing of beauty. Plus, he uses, he kind of has that almost like lazy karate type style. And I don't mean that like disrespectfully, but that like kind of hands down, yeah, bobbing Machida-ish, it and out. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he does that. So if it's a pretty fight, like that favors Imovov a lot. Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of just thinking through it. It's like, you know, if I had to give my fight picks now, I'm like, God, I feel like this could be like a decision win for Imovov, but it's 25 minutes. You just don't know. You just don't know, right? You don't know which one of these guys is going to have that fourth and fifth round resolve. Mm-hmm. But we've seen one guy go five rounds for sure against, mm-hmm. like you said, a champion. We saw, we saw Imovov go five rounds against a champion, so he can at least do it. You know, he wasn't dead on the ground like, a lot after the three round for Maggie, where like he can't even stand. This this is a fun one because, like, I know Brandon Allen's about to do the Marvin Vittori test, you know. Mm-hmm. But imagine, imagine like the guys that these Hamzat, all these guys mixed in together, all these matchups that can't happen. <sighs> Middleweight's fun. Yeah. Middleweight's it, so it, fun. And for how stale it was for that period, there, like, uh, I will always believe that the more there is a dominant champ that the kind of high tide raises all boats right well, so like well women's gonna <laughs> wait well yeah that yeah. would be the exception to the rule the exception correct but realistically when ronda rousey being as dominant as she was brought other people up too you know i i think the un Part of that was the UFC wasn't neglecting the weight class at that time. Well, I, I I disagree with that statement. I think Ronda Rousey, of course, got. I mean, she was the biggest push for women's MMA ever. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but I also think talent wise, 
Amanda Nunez should have been that person that she was so dominant that people had to actually level up their skill set. Ronda Rousey mm -hmm. had holes the whole time. She yeah. was just like when you want to say one trick pony, her trick was amazing. Her trick yeah. was so good. But then it was like, you know, she got caught up in the I'm a boxer type, whatever. Who cares yeah. about that? The middleweight division did that, right? They had Anderson mm -hmm. Silva. Then they had Israel Adesanya. It's like, we got to get better. And boy, did they. Oh, man. Yeah. Middleweight's so it's a, fucking fun. It's an, it is a very, very exciting one. One thing that I do want to see on this, because Delize has shown a uh, a tendency to get a little frustrated, like in the Vittori fight. You know, Vittori is, say what you will about him outside of the cage like he's a very smart fighter right well, I mean, he had he put his pants on backwards <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't say and dresser and it took marketing <laughs> photos <laughs> yeah just so fucked up hey, no no one can tell this man before you start taking pictures and you know he's like no -uh, i wanted to <laughs> yeah. i wanted to do that y'all y'all are wrong for that so wrong. Spe speaking of the shorts they released pictures of uh mvp in his oh. ufc kit yeah which venom page wearing the venom shorts um yeah, yeah. The, but the the thing that I that was happening there was Delite was getting frustrated because Vittori would not engage him. Yep. And he was trying to fight his ego. Okay. And Vittori didn't really engage it. He yep. you know occasionally did. Imovov ain't that dude. He yep. you know, he's the laid back, like he's not gonna buy into that bullshit. So does Vittor or uh Delize start to get frustrated trying to chase this guy down who has really good footwork? Yeah. And get frustrated, and and then he starts talking shit, and Imovov's like, "Yeah, cool." Oh, so you're saying Imovov by decision? Got it, got it. <laughs> got <laughs> well, it. I just I I want to see it, and yeah. but once again, Apex smaller cage. Yeah, I know, man. Fun stuff. Yeah, yeah gonna be good. Gonna be good. Uh, other things that uh, are gonna be good. We got some some nice fight announcements here. Uh, our man. <laughs> Uh, Carlos Olberg, Black Jag, who was supposed to be taking on Dominic Reyes uh, on the Vicente Luque Sean Brady card in Atlantic City. Dominic Reyes is out. Alonzo Menafield in. So, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Black Jag. This is a, in my opinion, a much more difficult test. Uh, and much higher opinion. risk. Everyone's far opinion. less, far less reward. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, this is a tough one. I mean, Menafield is undefeated in his last five, four zero and one, coming off a very good win against Dustin Jacoby. Yeah, big test now Sucks for you, for old guy. Blackjack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So excited for that. Excited yeah. to see Menafield uh, in the cage again. And then we had three more big announcements for UFC three hundred. We were talking about actually both of these women earlier. We have Jessica Andrade taking on Marina Rodriguez at strawweight. That's number four versus number six. Uh, and like these are two violent women. And, you know, Andrade is, can be in not exciting fights if she's fighting somebody that will not oblige the violence. Rodriguez ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> She's yep. she she will oblige. Yep. And so I think this is going to be a very exciting fight for as long as it lasts. Correct. I'm interested to see if Andrade really is focused and really is back to who she was, or if it was just Mackenzie Dern's stand-up skills slipped that hard. Yeah. You know, like I'm very interested to see that because Rodriguez is a uh, very talented and skilled striker 100 percent. 
Oh, yeah. And because 300 is such a bad card, if you listen to people on social media, um, you know, we got this awful featherweight fight added to it. 12th ranked Sadiq Youssef trying to rebound off of his loss against Edson Barbosa taking on Ooh, Diego Lopez I'm getting so, his shot at the top 15. I'm so ready for Diego Lopez to get this shot. I'm so ready to see him fight. Like, this is such a great... And if Diego Lopez <laughs> wins, what the fuck? What the fuck? We've seen this kid rise. It's yeah. it's going to be great. Oh, and they know they know what they have because they keep putting this man on pay-per-views. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, they know what they have in this guy. You don't get... I mean, Sadiq is the one with the number next to his name, but let's not kid ourselves. After he just lost to Barboza, this is put up or shut up for him. This is, hey, Diego Lopez... We're gonna let you go try to make your name off this man. Yeah, but and 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 I'm 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 for it. <laughs> I'm for I'm yeah. I'm a Diego Lopez fan, man. I'm all for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that, that's a that is a exciting one. Just I mean that could open up the card for all I care. Like I'll this could take place in the Apex. Like I care less. That's a very intriguing matchup, and the fact that it's on this absolute star-studded, insane card just makes it that much better. Uh, and talked about MVP. Coming over to the UFC, there was another huge, huge signing in the UFC, making her not only her UFC debut, but her bantamweight debut, period. We have two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time PFL champion, Kayla Harrison, finally got signed to the UFC. and She is not getting an easy matchup nope. for her first fight. She gets fifth-ranked Holly Holm, and I know Holly Holm is 40. Like, I get it. She can still kickbox. And Kayla Harrison, kickboxing, not her game. She's going to need to try to close the distance. Doesn't Doesn't have reach. I am. This is a very interesting matchup. They could have signed Kayla Harrison, got her into the UFC, and matched her up against a bunch of other top 10 Top 15 Bantamweights that were much better matchups for her yep. than Holly. You, you don't you do not do that with a two-time million-dollar winner of the PFL. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get deeper into it, but this is one of those things we talk about. I, I even mentioned it a couple minutes ago. Women's Bantamweight is tough. Kayla mm-hmm. Harrison can revive. If Kayla Harrison is even close to what she's been outside of the UFC, she can be the monster in that division. She has legit and she has legitimate superstar potential. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like they when she was in the PFL, she was doing they had like promos and stuff on ESPN for her. They had whole segments on yep. Sports Center for her. Yep. She has that. She's good on the mic. She She's already made she 135 too. She did a practice run of 135. They said she yeah. made it. So yeah, going to be did, interesting. How did she feel though? This, this, yeah, this, she didn't so, have to fight. Yeah, the thing is they said that she just made it. Cool, mm-hmm. but I wonder how she felt because she's not small. This is no. this is one of those things leading up to that 300 card that you and I will definitely be harping on because that division needs it. And mm-hmm. that was one of those like us texting each other like, "Oh shit!" Like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. This and and guys, we'll harp on this even more. UFC 300 has former title holders on the prelims. <laughs> the card is good. Yes, the card is good. Yeah. And not people that had title like 10 years ago, right? Like we have legitimate like top of the food. Yeah. Top of the food chain fighters. Yes. Uh, 
opening the card. It's it is insane. The probably the least uh like touted fight other than Brundage Nickel, just because you know, but Bo Nickel brings a star power. So absolutely. But from a fight standpoint, uh, would be Jim Miller, Bobby Green, which yep. is an awesome fight. Yeah. It's it, fucking awesome fight. It's, it's an awesome <laughs> fight. Um and I don't I don't necessarily think that's a three hundred fight. Just because what they have now, I'm like, okay, but Jim Miller being on 300 makes me happy. So it's a 300. Oh, fight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and just to take it back real quick to, to Kayla Harrison, I know Rocky Pennington is the champ. If Kayla Harrison, and we all think Juliana Pena is going to get that shot. Sure. If Kayla Harrison comes in and just mauls Holly Holm, Correct. hops on the mic, does what we know she can do on the mic. Correct. She might talk her way into that title fight. Yeah. And ultimately down the road, what I want to see, Juliana, Pena, and uh, Kayla Harrison. So here's the good thing about Kayla Harrison coming over is I want to see her fight everybody. So I, I don't yes. care. I don't care. I think that she has the potential, if at 135 she can beat Kayla Harrison, that <laughs> Jared and I kind of mentioned this uh, like in our private conversations both of us were kind of like Bueno Silva and Pena for 2024 possible champion. That's because we didn't know Harrison was going to be in the UFC. Oh yeah. It changed. It, if I knew Harrison was going to be my end of year, things would be completely different. Uh, Kayla oh, Harrison yeah. would be the champion in 2024. Yeah. If I she think, can do and, 135. And the other person that it could be also, we didn't know was going to be in the UFC again was Jermaine Durandamy. Like this is something it could be Kayla Harrison or Jermaine Durandamy as your champ. You're, by you're the more end of, of a believer in Durandamy, and I have to see it, and then we'll see. Okay. But right now, right now, Kayla Harrison looks like, uh, like healthy and stuff at 135. Mm-hmm. I I have no reason to believe that if she's fighting in 2024 that she's not a champion. It's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm usually super. Right. And <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Holly Holm did mention uh, that she believes they're trying to set that one up to be the. Featured prelim nice. for 300. So that, yeah, because we were talking about that. Like, how do you sign Kayla yeah. Harrison and not put her on the pay-per-view? Well, that's how. Featured prelim you is, know. is the next yeah, best exactly. thing to a pay-per-view. Absolutely. By the way, the hardest job right now in the UFC would be determining the bout order for 300. <sighs> Jesus. And we'll I mean, get, same thing, we'll like get, 299, too. Like, yeah, how do you we'll, determine that We'll get into order? bout order uh, later down the road because I think it's going to be fun to be like, okay, now we have the matchups. How does it look and how does it flow? Yeah. But yeah, that's a tough thing. Yeah. Anything else on your end, brother? No. All right. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.